welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Vacaville, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We are so glad and honored that you would join us today, and we pray that this message you're listening to is a blessing to your day. We want to invite you to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service times. We hope to see you at a service or a special event sometime soon. If you have your Bibles, if you could turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verse 16, we'll be reading there to start with. Matthew, chapter 10, verse 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Heavenly Father, we love you tonight. Let your word resonate in our hearts and our lives as we grow closer to you, Lord Jesus. Speak to our eyes. Let the seed of your word be planted in our hearts, Lord Jesus, to forever change us close to you, Lord Jesus. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for everything you're going to do tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. That's not, that's not, uh, what a, not a promising message there. I just imagine, Brother Guy, if when I was turning 18, my dad came up to me and said, Son, I'm sending you out to the wolves. You're on your own. Figure it out. Good luck. It would have been a little intimidating to uh, be the recipient of that message. And Jesus is sending forth his disciples. He says, Behold, I'm going to send you out there as sheep in the midst of wolves. We live in a time when those wolves are still prevalent. And, and the, the change that I see that before you used to have to look out for the wolves in sheep's clothing. They don't even bother putting on the sheep's clothing anymore. They just run around and, as wolves. They don't even try to cover up their agendas. They don't even try to cover up what they're trying to do to our children and our families. It's wide open, and the problem is it's wide open and people are still falling for it. That's, that, that's where, that's where uh, we have to be very careful as Christians because the Lord himself will send a deceiving spirit. The Lord himself will give people over to a reprobate mind where we can't understand truth. And, and we're seeing that in today's world where people are taking the truth of God's word and turning it into a lie and taking a lie of the world and turning it into truth. So there's a lot of dangers out there, and then the Bible here references those dangers as wolves. Uh, wolves come in many shapes and sizes, but wolves always run in a pack. If you ever go out in the wilderness and you ever go to Yellowstone or go out into the forest and where there's wolves, you don't ever see, very rarely do you ever see a wolf by itself. You will see them work as a team. Sometimes a single wolf will start to go out there and will lead people away from their camp, lead that person or that animal away from safety only to draw them into the pack. And wolves run in packs because there's there's quote-unquote, safety in packs. But that's a lie. If you ever study wolves and wolf's packs, you know that wolf packs only are safe when they all agree. When it comes to food and it's a small little deer they got, they will fight each other. If they sense a weakness in another wolf, they'll attack their own pack member to take them out to try to get the lead pack. So you can't just say that you are going to Run with the pack and think you're going to be okay. Because we have packs that walk on two legs, too. Got to run with the pack. I got to run with my, my people. 
they, they care for me. They, 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 they look out for me. They, they, they throw you under the bus whenever they need it. I, it it's amazing what, what, and I've never been a gang member, and I, I've, we've, I've known gang members, and it's amazing what you have to do for the initiation to get out of the, to get into a gang. And then they say once you're in, you never get out. There are people that have gotten out, you know, praise God, and they've made a right decision and, and, and got out of that environment. But, but when it comes down to the fight, when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, when, when rubber meets the road, that is, I've heard too many stories of whether you're the front-line man because you, you got your gang behind you, and when the enemy comes at you, you turn, and there's no one there to protect you because your gang took off. I remember I was, I was part of a, a gang in elementary school. We had our own biker gang. There's, and I, I, I would have to say that we ruled the town. We, we were in charge of the town mainly because there was no law and because everybody knew our grandparents. So they didn't want to mess with our grandparents. I'm no, just kidding. But we had our little biker gang, and we would run as a pack, and, and we were tough when we were together. We were tough when we were together. I mean, we would, we would storm up gravel piles, and we would, you know, hit sticks against trees like all tough people do. But here I am, 40 years later, and I look around, there's no pack anymore. Packs never stay together. So young people, if you think you're going to leave the house of God and join a pack of the world, a clique of the world, a fatter or trend of this world, just know that that trend never stays. People that want to be your friend for a reason do not stick around for the same reason. Uh, you gotta, you got to watch out for the packs. Now, there's dangers in this world, and I talked about the wolves, and the wolves come in many different shapes and sizes, physical, spiritual. Uh, you can come from a human form or, or an inanimate or a fixed object. And has anybody ever heard of the term, be careful going out into the elements? What, what, what's that referring to, Brother Garza? The weather. The weather. We, I, I'm, I'm glad it just wasn't an Iowa thing. Because I would have been really put out if I had to explain that this is what we do in Iowa. But there's elements. And so I'm going to kind of classify those dangers, uh, those wolves, those things that can harm you as elements today. Because there's elements of all kinds that can be dangerous to us. Now, in the scripture we read, it, it says that we are to be wise as serpents. And some of us will, will claim wisdom until they open their mouth and reveal how wise they are. And then, then as the recipient of that shared wisdom, you have no comeback. <laughs> but we have a God that in James 1.5 says, if you lack wisdom... Let him ask God that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given unto him. We have to ask God for wisdom. Because in order to avoid the elements, the dangers of this world, we have to be wise. We can't fall for every trick and so-called scientific experiment out there, and there's a lot of them out there. Do you know that they don't even call scientific facts scientific facts anymore? It's called consensus. Meaning if everybody in this room agreed that something is wrong, that makes it a fact. And that's what the environmental 
environmentalists are doing with climate change, there's, there's very little scientific data that backs up their claim. And even Al Gore admitted this last time in a public speech. He said it's scientific consensus, not scientific facts. Medical world is now saying that some of this pandemic stuff was not factually based on medical research, but it was consensus. So we have to realize that this world is no longer looking for facts. They're no longer looking for truth. They're looking for people to agree with their agenda. And when they get enough people to agree with their agenda, they get the lobbyists to go after our government, and the government makes it laws. That's, that's how things work. So don't believe everything you hear, and don't believe everything you see, because there's elements out there that are trying to cause you to go to hell. Plain and simple. These elements are dangerous to your soul. These elements are dangerous to our life and existence. And I'm not saying they're going to come to your house and they're going to break down your door and they're going to try to kill you, but they're going to try to deceive you enough to get you to turn your back on God, to question the Word of God, to question, why am I here on a Wednesday night? Why, why, why do I go to church two, three times, sometimes four nights a week? When, I, when I've talked to people who, who, who talk about their church, and I, I'll be explaining it, like, man, I'm excited I'm going to church tonight. Because they ask me what I'm doing. I'm like, and like on a Wednesday. I'm like, yeah. You don't, you don't go to church on a Wednesday? No. I was like, oh, okay. And then they'll ask, what are you doing tomorrow night? I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to church. We've got prayer tomorrow night. And they're like, seriously? <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you go to church on Sunday too? It's like, yes, I do. It's awesome. And I get to see the most wonderful people three times a week. Sometimes more when we're having a special service or a special event. We might have service back-to-back, sometimes twice a day. And the world thinks we're on something. But yet they'll do their thing. So elements can be dangerous. Now, how many of you ever went to school? Was there anything in your education, early age education, where they might have talked about a periodic table of elements? And it had all these little boxes on it, and it started with, you know, color-coded across there, and it had all these little numbers on it. I still never figured out. But, um, but there's all these little elements in there, and you put those elements together, those molecules together, and you come up with an element, a, 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 a chemical compound. We're going to talk about two chemical compounds because I really think that we can tie these two chemical compounds into uh, a biblical lesson tonight to help us realize what's going on in the world. Has anybody ever heard of H2S? What's H2S? Hydrogen sulfide. What does it do? What? Smells funny. That's good. Hold that thought. Smells funny. What does it smell like? Rotten eggs. Okay, hang on to that thought. Okay, I'm going to give you another chemical compound. It's called H2O. What is that? Water. So we have H2S and we have H2O. What's similar about those? Hydrogen. So you have two molecules of hydrogen and you have one molecule of sulfur and then you have another one of the molecule of oxygen. One little molecule is the difference between life and death. Now, you said that sulfur, uh, H2S stinks, and you are correct. It smells like rotten eggs. That's at very low concentrations. Very low concentrations, it smells, but the higher the concentration gets, you can't smell it because it deadens your senses. You get numb to it. 
and you will die of hydrogen sulfide poisoning without even knowing it. And it's, it, it's something that they drill into us in my industry because we deal with high concentrations of hydrogen sulfide or H2S. In fact, our concentrations we deal at are 100,000 times past the, it's going to kill you range. So if it leaks and you're there, you're dead. You don't smell it, you just drop. That's how dangerous H2S is. Now, let's talk about H2O. We, we realize that that is called water. Water is something that we all drink. It's necessity for life. Our body is made up of a large percentage of water. Without water, you will But it's good for you. Now, we're going way back. This is like, I'm like excited because this is like the only stuff from school I remember. <laughs> so there are three phases of H2O, water. What are the three phases? So there's a liquid state, the water that we drink. There's ice, the ice cubes we put in it, and there's steam. And anybody that ever had like a steam heater in their home, they know that it gets hot. So that same H2O element, that chemical combo, that combination of, of two hydrogen atoms and, and one oxygen one can be in a liquid form, which can be good for you as long as you keep it within the range that you're supposed to. Not too little and not too much. Now, if it, ice is really good when it's in, in, the, in, the, in the ice cup, you know, in your glass, ice in your lemonade, ice in your water, it's really good. But if you go and you jump in a frozen lake and you are frozen in that lake, what's going to happen? You can die of hypothermia. Now, on the flip side, if that vaporized water molecule, which, which somebody mentioned is steam, is hot, what can happen if that steam hits you? Burn you. So... You may be thinking, Brother Chase, you're making no sense. And you may think that you're right. Hold on. Hope to clarify. It just takes a little bit of the wrong stuff in your life to kill you spiritually. Very little. The, 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 the range in, in hydrogen sulfide to kill you is very small. I mean, we have a very small amount of hydrogen sulfide that you can be in, in that environment, and it's in the parts per million. Anything over five parts per million, we start to put on fresh air breathing apparatuses to be in that environment. As a responder, emergency responder, we've had to put on fresh air, which we call fresh air, Scott air packs, uh, to go into these events and perform, perform emergency isolations or take emergency actions because the, the atmosphere that we are going into is not sustainable for life. Makes you want to join up, doesn't it? But you, if you understand the hazards, it's completely safe. That's how we survive in this world. Because we understand the hazards of sin. And because we understand the hazards of sin, we can survive in this world as a child of God. But we have to understand that just like dealing with these elements, whether it's the, the outward uh, ranges of water or H2S itself, just like you have to have protective equipment or protective gear, you have to have the same protective gear living for God. Because if you don't, you'll get burnt. If you don't, you'll freeze. And you're like, Brother Chase, that makes no sense. 
How many in here, please don't raise your hand and don't even say amen. How many, to yourself, I want you to answer yourself, have been burned out living for God? The hazards of the element. There's danger in the element if we don't keep those elements in the parameter that they're supposed to be in. There's danger in that. So you, you, you think, okay, that's just one extreme example, burnout. How many in here have gotten cold-hearted to the things of God or the people of God? The dangers in the element. Very small molecular items, Brother Garza, will throw people to either range. When you look at some of those issues that you've had, and I, I, you know, some of y'all were honest, like, ooh, yeah, I can relate. If you go back, Brother, Brother Jose, to some of those moments that you'd never have, those, those moments of burnout, those moments of cold-heartedness, when you look back at those, they're really trivial. And now, you guys have never had an argument, but after the fact, when you guys get done with an argument, hypothetically speaking, you look back and it's like, that was pretty silly that we got mad at each other for such something so small. Who cares if you want the lights on or off? Who, who cares if, if you want to go to this pizza place or that pizza place? Who cares? Is it really worth it to fight about? It's just those little elements in life. It's those little molecular, small, really not even important things in life that we end up allowing the danger of the element destroy us. We're talking about just the small things in life. But there's things that we can do to prevent that. There's things that we can do as a child of God that we can equip ourselves with what I would call PBE or protective equipment, and that's getting in the Word of God. That's praying. 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 And I, I got to, and you guys, we, we could just have you all go home right now, and I'd still preach this message because I need to hear it. Because there's times when I've had trouble with my, my frustration and my attitude. There, there's been, been recent times where I've had some stuff. So if you all think that Brother Chase is perfect, uh, I mean, we, we can talk after church. Um, thank God I have a good wife. Uh, yeah. Whew. I keep looking at Brother Guy because, you know, the Bible says confession is good for the soul. Confess your faults one to another. I had to confess to him because I had something bothering me about me. And I had to confess to him. And so he knows what I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, we got we to gotta protect ourselves. And the way to protect ourselves is the Holy Ghost. We got to be in the Holy Ghost. We got to have the Holy Ghost filter on all the time. There's no bypassing the Holy Ghost filter. We got we to let the Holy Ghost filter filter everything that comes out of our mind, everything that comes out of our mouth. Because it's just those little elements that cause the danger. It's those little elements that will, that will send you over the edge. It's those little elements that will take you further than we want to go. Now, sin works the same way as we're talking about. Sin, just like H2S, in low concentrations, in low concentrations, H2S is not harmful and it smells like rotten eggs, Sister Alicia. It, it just reeks. I remember I used to be the area supervisor of a sulfur plant. And it's, whew, McKenna can tell you how that was. And I, the first day on the job, I went up to the unit and I worked up there. And, you know, you get up there, you get used to it really quick. It just kind of kills your senses. 
and I'm up there working in it and stuff, and I come home from work, and my, my daughters, when they were younger, they'd always hear me come in the door, and they'd be like, Daddy's home, Daddy's home, Daddy's home. They'd come running through the house and, and, and just give me a big hug and everything, and I was just like, man, I want to go back out and come back in just get another one of those hugs. And I remember the first day I came home from working the sulfur plant, they'd come around, Daddy's home, Daddy's home, Daddy's home. Ooh, you stink. I was like, where's the love? But sin is like H2S in low concentrations. Because so many times we'll have sin in our life and it's just a low concentration. Maybe a white lie. Just something small in our lives that we kind of just get used to. It becomes commonplace for us to just have a little lie, Sister Cynthia. Just, oh, I, I didn't do that. What's in your pocket? Nothing. And we can get so accustomed to being that way that we don't even know we're sinning. And, 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 and as the concentration goes up in H2S, it just kill, kills your senses even more. And, and as, as the sin in your life starts to build, you now are starting to be entertained by that sin. And it, it, it deadens your Holy Ghost senses, and, and you, you start to think, well, that's, that's pretty cool. There ain't nothing wrong with that. I didn't get struck by lightning. I must be okay. And we start rationalizing with ourselves. And, and then we, we get to a point in our life where, well, we made it this far. I might as well participate. I might as well cross that line because obviously it's okay. And we lose all sense of bearing. We lose all sense of guidance because it all started with a little element. A little sin that we didn't check at the door. The danger is in the element. It, you know, if, if, the devil, if the devil came at us swinging, a, swinging an axe or loaded up with a pistol, like, bring it up. We got our own. He doesn't do that. He knows better. He would get whooped every time if he tried to do a frontal attack. He, he can't stand a chance against the Jesus-named people. There's no, there's no fear in this place against the enemy. We should understand that the enemy cannot have power over us because we have Jesus. And all we have to do is, if they start giving us a hard time, all we have to do is say, just, just stop it in Jesus' name and go away. So we, we've got to understand, we have the power to say no to the devil, and if we submit unto God and resist the devil, he's got to flee. The word of God says that. So you have that power. So the devil knows he can't get you that way. But what he does do is he'll come up and he'll let you see something laying on the curb. And then you get around the corner, you pull out that person's wallet, and you're like, yeah, $4,000. And I'm not going to try and tell on myself or, or brag on what I did. My family was there, and I wanted to set a right example. So as young people, adults, I'm going I'm to set an example here. We went out to dinner a couple weeks ago to Chipotle, and all my, all my family ordered their meal, and I'm standing out there. The cash register paying. I'm watching the guy punching the stuff in the cash register, and it's like, man, I don't think he, I don't think he put in everything. And uh, he tells me the total, and I says, you sure you got, you got three bowls and two burrito, or three bowls and a burrito in there? So yeah, yeah, I got, got, you got, you got my chips in there, you got the drinks in there, yeah, yeah, everything's in there. It's like, man, I go to Chipotle by myself for lunch, and I almost pay more to buy food for myself than I did for four people. It's like that just doesn't seem right. And I questioned him again, and he said, no, it's right, it's right. And I was like, all right. And I took the bag of food, and I took my receipt, and I'm 
walking out to the parking lot, look at it, it's like, it's not right. Now, I could have set the really good example of my family. So, oh, the Lord blessed us with a free meal. Liar, liar, pants on fire. You just cheated somebody. And you're going to say, blame it on God that he blessed me. Mm-mm. God does not honor those blessings. So I gave them the food. I went back into the restaurant. I was already at the car. One more minute, the car would have been running out of it, squealing out of the parking lot. Woo! Right? Went back in the restaurant. Stood, waited in line until the cashier came up and, hey, can I help you? I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, you know, make a big deal out of it. We got three bowls, a burrito, bag of chips, and two drinks or whatever we got. And I was like, you only charged me for three meals. And he's like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. I'm like, you don't have to apologize for only charging me for three meals. I just, I don't want you to get fired. I don't want you to lose your job because you just miscounted or didn't hit the right button. And I went in and paid for the other meal, and I walked out with a clear conscience. It's the little things that plant the seed, the little elements that will plant the seed in your life to cause you to go the next step. You know, God is looking for an honorable people, not a corruptible people. And, and, and we can't use the whole, oh, the Lord blessed me with the whatever. If it's unhonorable, the Lord didn't bless you with it. So you, we've got to make sure that we don't allow ourselves to, to let the little sin grow into the big sin where it, it messes with our senses and we can't even know really when we're doing right and wrong. Because that happens to the people of God. It happens to us. James says in uh, James 1, 13 through 15, says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be, uh, cannot te- be tempted with evil. Neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. Let's talk about that. Because lusts are really bad in this day and age. I, I, I know that there's this whole thing, I'm free to wherever, wear whatever I want to wear and reveal whatever I want to reveal. But that starts with lust. There's lust involved in that spirit. If you succumb to that spirit of lust, it will entice you. If you allow it to entice you, then when lust hath conceived, when it has brought forth, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. You see, it didn't start with sin. It didn't start with sin. But the end result was you're dead. It started when we were looking at things we shouldn't have been looking at. It started with being a part of a conversation we shouldn't have been a part of. It starts with us shutting down a conversation we should have shut down. That's where it started. Because I don't know if you've ever played that, that, that gossip chain gang, right, where you start, if I told Brother Gars or something, he'd tell my daughter, and then they'd go around, and by the time I got back to Brother Guy, it'd be completely different. And it, we usually laugh at it, and it's funny, but that's usually how it is. If I was to tell somebody, oh, Brother Armando, I saw walking, Jay walking across the street, yeah, by the time it got back to me, you know, a month later, it's going to be Brother brother Armando is jaywalking across the street because he stole four pizzas from the restaurant. It had nothing to do with pizza. He just jaywalked. Thank God he didn't get hit by a car. But you see how things grow. It's kind of how sin is. If we don't take care of the sin when it happens, we don't re- if we don't repent about it when it happens, it can grow out of control. Next thing you know, you're participating or or being a part of something that you should not be a part of. 
So remember, it doesn't start with sin. It starts when you're tempted with lust. Mm. Lust is a very dangerous and powerful weapon. Lust has been the result or the cause of murder, cheating, envy, strife, division. And if we don't check it, if we don't realize that that spirit is in us, it'll grow. And as it grows, it develops into sin. And as sin grows, it develops into death. The danger's in the element. We got to check the element. Now, you, you may say to yourself, well, boy, Brother Chase is you know, talking bad about himself. He must be a really bad guy. I'm talking about all these things. And, you know, you can just make up whatever you want to make up in your imagination about me. You say, oh, Brother Chase got all these problems. Well, they're probably true. <laughs> I do have all these problems. But we got to make sure that we don't put ourselves on a high horse thinking that we're better than we are. Now, I, I taught about that before. But, but the book of Mark says, Mark 18, it says, And Jesus said unto him, Why callest me thou good? There is none good but one, and that is God. So if you think you're good, you're a liar. Because the Bible says there isn't any good but God. I remember one of the red, red flags, you know, when I was becoming, becoming born again, going through the born again process. It was, it was, it was a process for me. Um, if your wife was here, she could attest and say, oh, yeah, it was a process for Brother Chase, let me tell you. Because she was there when I got the Holy Ghost, and she was there when I got baptized in Jesus' name, and she saw how God had to work with me, and it took some work. But when I was going through this transition from old life to new life in this born-again process, uh, one of my female friends that I used to hang out with before I got in church said, but why are you doing this? You're good the way you are. And that red flag went up. And I was like, no, I'm not good. And you know most of the reasons why I'm not good. And that was a telltale sign that I was a bad person but the world accepted bad for good. And that is one of, the, one of those turning moments in my life where I was like, Lord Jesus, I am a wicked sinner. Please forgive me of my wickedness. Please forgive me of, of all the mess. And that was really one of those turning points because if you're not careful, you will allow the sayings of the world to twist your mind to make you think that you're good. You may have those moments when... I, and I had him. I, I, man, I, I get home, I lay my head in bed, and I was like, my lands. McKenna, honey, I think I went all day without sinning. I hope I can. I want to. But then five seconds after I say it, a thought will pop in my mind. It's like, Lord, have mercy. Please forgive me. And then I fall asleep. I was like, man, I was so close. So close. But the Bible says, for all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. So if you think that you have no sin, you're a liar. You're a liar. Because we all sin. We all sin. And we have to repent. And we have to get our lives right with God. Because if we don't attack the danger of the element, from that moment, 
it'll grow. The danger is in the element. It's that unchecked sin. It's that wild and carefree spirit. It's that, that wholeheartedness where I can do what I want, be what I want, hang out with who I want. That, 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 that is a sinful spirit, just being clear. That is a sinful spirit because it's going to lead you into all. Thank you. I was going to say something else, but kinds of trouble is much better than what I was going to say. And no, I wasn't going to say something bad. So we can't allow ourselves to get convoluted that we're sinless or that we're good or that we don't have our junk to deal with. We've got to make sure that we don't let the element corrupt us because there's dangers in the littlest element in life. Hebrews 1, uh, I'm sorry, Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which doth so easily beset us. There is sin in our life that we need to lay aside. I don't know about you, but I really get tired of repenting. I, I get tired. I was like, Lord, I'm not even bothering taking a number. I'm just going right to the throne room with this one. I am so sorry because I messed up again. Uh, I tried, I tried, but as soon as I saw Brother Clark crossing that street, I thought, what is he doing jaywalking? My attitude is wrong. And I stepped on the gas. I should have done it. I should have done it. Sorry for the sound system. Whew. Must have a turbo diesel like me. Sorry about that. And we, we find ourselves just losing it so quickly. And sin creeps in. And the sound system goes wacky. And it throws off my whole message, and the whole spirit is gone. <laughs> Sister Christie's actually back through the buzz button. <laughs> Just teasing. We have awesome sound, sound team. But there's a lot of things in this world that we carry around as weight. And a portion of that weight, a lot of times, is sin. Some of it's the cares of the world. But there's a portion of that weight that's sin. And we drag it along in life, not wanting to let it go. It's like me. I got this little lunchbox that I take to work every day. I've been carrying a lunchbox to work, to work Brother Guy for 23 years now. I've been with the company. I throw that lunchbox over my shoulder. and There'll be times, Sister Tanya, I'm carrying that lunchbox. And I said, man, it feels heavy today. Like, what on earth? And I'll, I'll get home from work, and I'll open up my lunchbox, and I'll start digging through. I was like, where in the world did that, that? How long has that been in there? I dig all the way to the bottom. I was like, ooh, something leaked. I hadn't had anything that smells like that in there for months. Yeah. And we start carrying things along the way that weigh us down. And we'll get to a point in life where just, man, just life is just, I'm just burnt out. I just feel weighted down. I feel this whole living for God thing is getting to be too much. And I just don't know if I can do it anymore. I don't know why I keep showing up to service. I mean, three times a week is, an, it's ridiculous. Why, why am I doing this? And, and a lot of times if you, you look at the situation as showing up to church three times a week ain't the problem. Living for God ain't the problem. Worshiping Jesus ain't the problem. Praying in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues ain't the problem. The problem is you got junk in the lunchbox that's been there for months. And you've been carrying junk. 
And that junk is starting to rot. And it's starting to stink in your spirit. It's time some of us clean out that lunchbox. It's time some of us clean out our backpacks. Because we be carrying around sin and we forget it's there. And we become numb to it. We get used to carrying that weight and we forget that we have sin in our life. It's the element, the dangers in the element. It's the little things that start off to cause us to be corrupted. So we need to have something in our life to protect us from these elements. We have to have something in our life to, to keep us safe during this time away, uh, away from uh, the, the house of God. A lot of times we can come into the house of God and most of us can focus for a little bit on something other than ourselves. It's amazing. They used to say that the attention span of kids is kind of based on their age. So if you have a five-year-old and you're trying to teach them something, if you try to teach them for more than five minutes, you're going to start to lose them. So you need to take a break at five minutes, let them run around, do their thing for a half hour, and then you bring them back and teach them for five more minutes. And then you let them run around. You, there's been so many studies on child education development that some countries have, have decided that they've made it an a, uh, educational law that, that, that boys, because boys are the worst. Boys are the worst. We have so much energy. I mean, why do you think men preachers preach forever? <laughs> just, you got so much energy, we just got to get it out. <laughs> but, but, but boys, they say boys have so much energy, we, we're going to have them start school later. We're not going to have them go to school at four and five years old. We're not going to have them, we're, we're going to wait until they're like eight or nine or even ten years old before they even go to school. They will stay home and they'll learn from their parents how to work, do chores, run around, be a boy. And then when they get all that out of there, they will start going to school at eight or nine years old and they've got that out of their system and they can start to be learn, taught. And their learning developmental, uh, development is much greater at that later age. What happens is we, we, we put kids in school nowadays and, and we, 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 don't we expect them to sit still. I mean, if you've ever been up here, it's hard to see adults sit still for 15 minutes. But yeah, we want our little children to sit still for hours in school. And instead of, instead of saying, yeah, like my teachers used to, when my buddies and I got, you know, my bicycle gang that we used to have, we'd get a little rowdy in school sometimes. And there's been times my teachers say, all right, everybody outside. Everybody outside. I apologize for this microphone. I'm about to toss it outside. And they, would, and they would say, all right, everybody outside. Go outside and run around. And then come back in. Because we had to get that energy out. We had to get that energy out. So it's the same way when we live for God. We've got to have develop uh, uh, systems in our life, protections in our life to know when we got to get things out of our life. we got to shake it off. One of the greatest things to avoiding the, the dangers of the element is to avoid the element. Stay away from it. Avoidance is, 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 is impeccable. It, it, it's so important. If we want to avoid getting H2S poisoning, stay away from H2S. If you want to avoid a car crash, don't get in a car. And depending who's on the roads, I don't get in a car. So avoidance is key to, to the dangers of the element. We, we should put on our, in, our, in our mirrors or whatever we look at first thing in the morning, we should put a sign up saying, sin, danger, stay away. 
We should start our day with that. Sin, danger, stay away. So we know that the dangers of sin, the element of sin is out there, and we need to avoid it. Because I think some of us, like, sleepwalk through half our day. I know I do. I get up 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I work a long day and deal with everything. I, I, sometimes I don't feel I wake up till lunchtime. I just end up going in this groove. and But avoidance. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 17 through 7, uh, chapter 7, one, uh, verse 1, it says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. Come out from the junk. Come out from the junk. Whatever that junk is in your life. It's, it, it's sometimes hard cutting the junk out of your life. Brother guards, I'm going to be honest. When I, when I got in church, there's a few friends that I, I, I had a hard time cutting out. Just, I, I, I just, they were, they were closer friends than some of the other people I had, and it, it was hard. And they were always, like, tugging on me, hey, let's go clubbing, let's go do this. And I was like, man, why don't you go to church? And we went back and forth, back and forth, until the Lord kind of, kind of smote my heart, and he says, enough, enough. You keep playing with fire, you're going to get burnt. Eventually, you're, they're going to catch you in a weak moment, and, and you're going to say, okay, let's go. And you're going to go, and you're going to find yourself where you never wanted to be, doing things with people you never wanted to be with again, and you're going to find yourself sinning, and that sin's going to cause death, because I've already delivered you, pulled you out of that lifestyle. And so there's sometimes we have to just cut people out of our lives. There, there's sometimes we have to, it, it, I don't do this very well myself, but there's some things we got to cut out like like food. There's some foods we just got to cut out. I can get, I give you a list. So if you're allergic to something, avoid it. Don't, don't do it. Just don't do it. Don't put yourself in that compromised position to where you allow something to attack a weakened immune system. If, if you're, you're diabetic, you got to really watch what you eat. You can't just go splurging on cake and ice cream. And it's not good. I'm glad that I'm not, but my, my cousin was born with, like, the highest level of diabetes you can have, born that way. And they, I, I would hear stories from my other cousin, her sister, that they'd get up in the morning, they'd find her passed out almost dead on the floor, going into diabetic coma. And it's very serious. So you, you, there's some things you just got to cut out of your life. There's, I, 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 I talk with, works with some guys uh, that would get gout. I don't know if you all know what gout is. Uh, they'd get gout, and they'd come in to work sometimes, they'd be, They'd be hobbling. They'd be, oh, I got to take time off. I got to go to the hospital and get whatever gout medicine is. And, and they'd be like, oh, their, their toe would be all swollen up. You know, it's very sensitive. It's very painful. Very painful. So I'm not, like, belittling it. And I would ask him. I remember asking him. He's like, so what causes gout? And they're like, well, my doctor says if you eat a lot of red meat and drink a lot of alcohol, it causes gout. And I'm like, well, that's simple. Stop drinking and stop eating steak. And they're like, no. I'm like, well, you got gout. You're complaining about gout. As soon as the pain goes away, you're going to forget the pain, and you're going to go right back to what caused the pain. You're going to go start drinking again. You're going to start eating that red meat again. And the next week, you're going to come in with gout again, and you're going to say, oh, the pain, the pain. Please help with the pain. And that's the same way we are when we clean our house of sin. We forget where we come from, and we don't fill that void with God, and then the enemy comes back with his buddies. And the next thing we know, we have a whole bunch of junk living in us that we did not intend to be there. 
So we have to avoid it. We have to close the door. We have to build the wall. We have to lock them out. We have to make sure that we don't allow that junk back into our life once we're delivered from it. We've got to focus on that because the dangers in the elements, the, the littlest things, the littlest things. It, it's amazing what people can use to break into homes. Little paper clips, little uh, razor blade cutters. I mean, in the Bible, they ripped up the roof. Remember, ripped up the roof, let the boy, let the, their friend down to Jesus kneel. Uh, the Bible says, "A thief cometh, but to steal, kill, and destroy." That's what that's what sin does. That's that's the thief, is sin. It's there to steal, kill, and destroy you. And and I always find it amazing that the, the Bible orders it's there to steal, kill. I'm thinking once you're dead, you're dead. No matter. But still kill and then destroy. Too many people allow the thief in and they steal so much out of their life that they feel dead. And because they have they feel dead and feel nothing again, it destroys them. What does that mean, Brother Chase? Is when you fall, get up. When you sin, repent. Get back in church. Get back in the altars. Because that's where the destruction is, as if you never come back. That's where the destruction comes in. It's the little elements. It's the dangers in the element. The littlest things will cause us to trip up and fall. So avoid it. Avoid the sin. I still got an hour and a half. Just avoid that sin. Praise God. Somebody's listening because they're laughing. We need to hear the word of God preached. We need that. People who say they don't need a pastor are deceiving themselves. Deceiving themselves. We need our pastor. I'm so thankful that our pastor uh, is allowed to travel and, and, and spread the gospel like he is. I'm so thankful to be a part of a church that is mission-minded and stuff like that. But we need our pastor. We need our pastor, and, and, I, and I didn't go in, I'm not going to go into details, um, and, and I didn't even tell Brother Guy all my mess, but I've been going through some mess lately, and I've just been having a hard time, Brother Garza, and, and I was just, I've been living on the edge, not edge of sin, just, just burnout, you know, where this twig is about to snap, you know, I've been close to that, and I just, man, I just been really down on myself, I've been just down on my my, where I'm at, and I just, it, it, I don't know if anybody else goes through those moments. And, and I, I was, I was just, man, I just, I just been, I can't even explain it, Sister Lisa. I can't even put words to it how I've been feeling. And, and um, this morning, I get a text bright and early from Pastor. He says, the Lord woke me up, and I'm praying for you, and this is what I'm praying specifically for. And I was like, I, I almost started crying in my office. Almost started crying. I, I was like, the only way my pastor would know I'm going through this mess is because God spoke to him. So I, I, I texted back. I was like, thank you, pastor. I need it. I really need this prayer. And then I, I texted back again. I was like, thank you for listening to the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Holy Ghost because I know that's the only way he knew about the junk. And I'm so thankful that I have a pastor that I can trust and a pastor that I can trust to preach truth because anybody can preach a lie. It takes a man of God to preach truth. It takes a man and a woman of God to stand on truth. If you, if, you, if you look at all these other churches and all these other people that call themselves Christian, you know, oh, wow, they're so great. No. 
they have no backbone. Because if they bend and give to every whim to doctrine, they are not a Christian. They need to have a backbone. They need to have truth and stand upon truth. And I'm so thankful that I have a pastor because I need a pastor to be saved. Romans 10, 13 through 15 says, For whomsoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe on him who have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring good tidings of good things. I was completely shocked, Brother Clifton. I was completely shocked. Um, I'm not going to point to any church. I'm not going to say anything bad about any other religion. Uh, if, if, if we were in a group, I, I really feel in the Holy Ghost, that'd be right in the vein of what Jesus was when he was talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees. And I, I'd, I'd give them a strong rebuke, strong rebuke, because they don't even believe the word of God. They don't even believe Jesus rose from the dead. They don't believe he really died for our sins. And they're, t- they're teaching good works. That's all they're teaching. They're not teaching any salvation. They let people do whatever they want for salvation. That, that, that's a lie. I don't care how big their church is. I don't care how many books they've written. If they don't preach truth and stand on the word of God, they're a liar. They're, they're a wolf in sheep's clothing. And I, and I, I couldn't believe it. There's some, some people that call themselves Christians that, and I didn't meet them. I didn't meet them. My wife, my wife met them, and uh, they, were, they were talking, this person does not believe the word of God. How can you preach if you don't believe the Word of God? How can you call yourself a pastor of a Christian church if you don't believe the Word of God? You're not. You're deceiving your own self and others. We need a God-sent pastor. We need a God-sent pastor to preach us truth. And I'm so thankful that uh, my pastor will, will, has said over and over again, don't take my word for it. Look it up. And, and he, he, he's mentioned before that if I'm wrong, just run. I was like, Pastor, I'm not going to run. I'm going to open the Word of God and show where you went off because I want to see you saved. And if you deny the Word of God as truth, then, then I can't do anything. But I never want to give up on anybody. If they get sidetracked, I want to just show them the Word of God where they went off. And then if they refuse to come back, then it's in God's hands. But we've got to make sure we stay in the Word of God. We need to make sure that we encourage our pastor to stay in the Word of God and not be like some people not in this place, obviously, but some people who will put pressure on the pastor, put pressure on the pastor's wife to get us to change our doctrine so we can live a little looser. Uh, I'm going to be honest, and I'm not the only one in this church, but you start putting pressure on Sister W, you're in trouble. Not only can she hold her ground, but there's a half a dozen men in here that will stand in the way and step in the place and, and say, back off. I'm one of them. I always say that I feel like I'm the little shepherd's dog. Right? I'll be sitting there nipping at y'all's heels. You know, you guys are the sheep. I'm just a little dog running around. You know, I'm nipping at your Brother Garza, you're the same way. As a man of God underneath our pastor, we're the shepherd dog. We're helping keep people in line. We're helping people keep in the flock. We're helping the sheep stay together. So we'll be nipping at the hills. We'll be barking a little bit. But we're also there to fight off the dangers. And if we have to stand guard on our pastor and pastor's wife, I will do it. I know there's some brothers in here and sisters in here that will stand right beside me. So you're well protected. I was very proud of our ushers and our security staff at Awaken. Um, I, th- we, had some, we had some ministers there, uh, missionaries that, that, that needed protection. They needed, they needed to make sure that people didn't take their pictures and people didn't, you know, do anything crazy. And they, they thanked me so many times that they felt so secure and safe. When, when there's a camera around, and, and I'll be honest, Brother Jose is a better wall than me. 
but I don't know where he came from sometimes, but I'd see people coming our direction with a camera, and out of nowhere, he'd come and stand right next to me and be the wall. Because that's in our nature. And he would protect. I'm so very thankful for that. So we need our, we need, we need our pastor. I d- d- diverged a little bit there, but we need our pastor. Um, Romans, one of the things that's important in Romans 6 that, that I got I to gotta remind myself is when it starts off, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him in baptism unto death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness life. We've got to change. We've got to have a new life. If you've, if you've been in this church, you know, for years or decades, and you're the same way as you came in, you're wrong. You're wrong. Just going to be honest. You're, you're wrong according to the Word of God. Because it says we have a new life. So if you're in here and you've been here for 20, 30 years, and you have the same old life, you're wrong according to the Word of God. You need to start over. Be born again. And I encourage you, don't let pride get in the way. If you find yourself wrong, if you find yourself stuck, don't let pride cause you to go to hell. Repent, get your life right, submit unto pastor, obey what the Word of God says, let the Word of God minister and mold, and let the, let the, the, the sculptor mold the clay, get the, get the heart of stone out, get the heart of clay that's moldable in you. Allow, allow, the, allow the tears of the Holy Ghost to, to, to water the, the seed as it's planted in your heart. We've, it's okay to start over. It's okay to start again. If, if things got rocky and, and, and things got crossways, it's okay to start again. It's okay to just eat some crow sometimes and some humble, humble pie. How many in here feel you have to be right all the time? Thank you. Because I am, so that makes it easy for me. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm not right all the time. Some of the times. Maybe I might get it right. But we don't have to be right all the time. Brother Clifton, it's okay to ask the Lord to forgive us. It's, it's okay, Angie, to say, Angie, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. Um, I really didn't mean it. The words that came out of my mouth, I, I apologize. It's okay to apologize. Now, you're like, what is he doing? I'm just using this as an example. I did not say anything to hurt your feelings. You're awesome. So, yeah. But we've got to be open to that. Because if, if, we, if we think that our stuff don't stink, we've already missed it. If we, if, we, if we walk in life that thinking that we can just walk on people and not think that it's wrong, the danger's in the element. We, we miss it. It's just the little things. It's just the little things, the elemental things in our life. I'm, I'm coming, close, coming to the close, so if we can stand. When, when you find yourself in that position of life where the little element becomes the danger. We have to react. You know, I, I grew up. I grew up in Iowa, where they actually have four seasons. It's beautiful. Um, but I remember, I remember in the winter time that we've we've been been outside. We loved. I grew up snowmobiling. I was I was on a snowmobile probably before I was on a bicycle. I, I love snowmobiling. Did it for eighteen years. Uh, I'd say 15 years solid uh, growing up in Iowa, and then I love going to the snow. I got Brother Garza on a snowmobile. Brother Nate was here. I could, we, had, we got him to get on a snowmobile and actually push the throttle, you know. So 
I love it. It's a lot of fun. I love snowing, but there's been times where I was like, the element changed. I felt the temperature drop. We need to get inside. Something's happening. And you have to just stop what you're doing and get to safety. That happens in the spirit world too. We need to be sensitive in the Holy Ghost to where we go someplace, we can say, the temperature's changed. The elements have shifted. Something's happening. I need to get out of here. Don't, don't, don't push that conviction. Don't push that sensitivity away when that happens in your life. Uh, you never know what God is protecting you from. I remember going into a restaurant in the city of Vallejo. It was um, Applebee's. It was over there at the, by the Home Depot over there. If anybody grew up in that, you remember this. So I walked in there. I was with some friends in church. And we walked in. I got inside the door, and I stopped. And I was like, and I was new in church. I was new, and sometimes kids are more sensitive, right? I was new in church. And I stopped, and the people I was with stopped and looked back. I was like, what's wrong? I was like, man, something just don't feel right. And I started looking around to try to identify what didn't feel right. And they're like, what's going on? I was like, I, I'm sorry. God. We, we really need to get out of here. We need to get out of here right now. And they said, if, we're on it. We're on it. We turned around. We got out of there. Now, I don't know what happened that night. I don't know what could have happened that night, but I know that the Holy Ghost said, get out of there. And I'm glad I, I listened because something bad could have happened. If I were to say, ah, that's just ridiculous. That's just silliness. You override the Holy Ghost. You check the Holy Ghost. The next time, that tug on your heart to get out of there is not going to be so strong. And if you rebuke it or refuse it a second time, you will walk right into the pit of hell and not even feel the fire. Because you've grown cold and it started with the danger in the element. Just the little element. But if you find yourself, please, 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 I beg you, if you find yourself in sin, if you find that you've messed up, if you find yourself in a position where you just don't know how to get out, please, please turn to our Heavenly Father. Turn to Jesus and repent and ask Him to forgive you. Repentance is the only way back. I don't, if you are sinning, if you sinned, you can drop a million dollars in the offering plate. You can give a million dollars to missions, and that's great because we'll use it. But it doesn't get you forgiveness. You, you, can't, you can't get forgiveness by even being, quote-unquote, obedient unless you start with repentance. That was the first message that was preached. It was repentance. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. My little children, these things. For also for the sins of the whole world. Church, we can lead the whole world to Jesus Christ through repentance. All we have to do is humble ourselves and make ourselves realize that we are lost without repentance. Don't let the dangers of the elements keep you from getting your heart right with God. Beware of the dangers. Beware of the dangers. Heavenly Father, we love you. Jesus, I thank you for your word tonight, Lord. There are so many little things out there, Lord, that are causing people to trip up, Lord. There are so many little things in this world, Lord, that are distracting us and turning us, Lord Jesus from the direction you want us to go, Lord. There's so many little things, Lord Jesus, that are causing us to fall and to walk away from you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Jesus, help us to be aware of the dangers that are in the elements around us, Lord Jesus. The things that are 
corrupting us, Lord, the things that are plaguing our mind and our heart, the things that are weighing us down, Lord, and distracting us and wearing us out from doing your calling, Lord Jesus. Lord, cleanse us, Lord, from any sin that may be in our heart and our lives. Lord, wash me, Lord Jesus, that I'm right with you, Lord. Cleanse my mind, Lord Jesus, if there's any unrighteousness in me, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray you'll show us, Lord Jesus, these dangers. Lord, show us these elements, Lord Jesus, that will cause us to fall or bring danger to our families, Lord Jesus. Show us, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, let it be clear in our lives. Let us be sensitive to your direction, Lord Jesus. Don't let us turn from the Holy Ghost, but let us follow after you, Lord. Lord, pour out conviction upon your people, Lord, that we have conviction in our lives. Lord, that we can have the wisdom to know the right and the wrong, to choose the right path and to avoid the wrong one. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Teach me your ways, Lord Jesus. Show me your paths, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.